I'm sorry, Mike. Pat, Patty's uh, interrupting the group again. Okay, Patty. I can't go one you session. Love <laughs> I can't go one session without all about Patty. Patty, I have a good wine to share, so I'm excited. Welcome to this episode of Wine on Wednesday. I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by our stars, Maria Lena Solis, CMCA AMS PCAM, Jill Geiger, CMCA AMS PCAM, Rosie Brophy, CMCA AMS, and Patty Walton, CMCA AMS. We're also fortunate today to have three special guest stars. Joining us today from our board of directors is Sean McCabe, EBP, with SurfPro Disaster Recovery Team, Team McCabe, Brendan Whalen, SIRMS, EBP, with Smith Insurance Associates, who serves as the secretary for our board of directors, and finally, Ann Yanarella, EBP, with National Contractors Incorporated, who is also a member of our golf committee. Thank you all for being here today. The topic for today's discussion is Alphabet Soup, CAI's designations and the importance of education no matter what membership type you have with CAI. So let's get right into it. But more than anything, really want to extend a thank you to our three yes. guest speakers today yeah, that joined our podcast. Yay. Thank you really very much for being part of this episode. We are honored. Thanks for having us. We're going to jump right in um, and talk a little bit about the designations that CAI has to offer. Everybody on this call has one designation or another. Uh, our managers, of course, have focused on, on the management designations. Uh, we have two PCAMs on the call, Maria Elena Solis and Joe Geiger. Uh, so Maria Elena and Joe have the CMCA, the AMS, and the PCAM. Rosie Brophy has the CMCA and the AMS. And Patty Walton also has the CMCA and the AMS. Brendan, Sean, and Ann all have the educated business partner distinction, which is one of the newer CAI designation. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today as well. And then Brendan uh, has the CIRMS, which is the uh, designation for uh, insurance uh, uh, professionals. Um, so let's jump in uh, real quick and, and start, I think, with the, the managers on the call and ask, what was the hardest designation for you to obtain? Well, come on, PCAM had to be the hardest. <laughs> the, P the PCAM was the hardest because of the time limit that um, you have to finish it. And it was the most challenging, I would say, to get um, out of the three. But, you know, when I was doing my CMCA, I was thinking that was very challenging as well. But yes, PKM seemed to be, was the hardest for me. I don't know. What did you think, Maria? I agree. I agree. Uh, even though uh, I think that the M100, the yes. one step before the the CMCA is the most important one. Yeah. It gives you so much structure and understanding yeah. of the overall. And uh, it has been so important that even some business partners have uh, taken that course. And I truly will encourage other business partners to take that course. Yeah. It's really, it's a gift that you give to yourself. Can I just say that I failed it the first time I took it by yeah. like, yeah, like two or three points. And I was doing it by paper and pencil. And uh, yeah. And then by the time I retook it, they had us use a computer and I had to go to that um, 
uh, Naval Station, yeah, up on Walton Road. And I remember I got it, and I literally, there was a, a very large African-American man overseeing me, and I jumped up when it said I got that. And I gave him a big hug. I don't think he knew what hit him. But I was, <laughs> I was so happy to dance, you know? I was, and then I called Steve Castle. Oh, right away. Yeah. So it really, you do feel so good when yes. you're study and you're working on it, but I was back in like 1998, 1999, something like that. Yeah, but I agree. That was hard. And you're rather new and it's... Yeah, Mid-Atlantic back then, and Associate does too, require older managers to take the M100 um, course. And I'm not sure if they require you to take the CMCA or not, but they do require you to take the M100. Yeah. It's kind of like the licensing, like they have nowadays. It's it's just the basics and very, very valuable. It is. But not only managers, even administrators have to take it. That's right. Administrators and the managers have to take the M100. Yeah. Yes. As a quick segue, we're going to be talking about a lot of letters. Uh, at CAI, we refer to it as the alphabet soup. Uh, oh, so yeah. we are kind of... We are going to translate what all these all these letter combinations stand for. So the CMCA, uh, which is the, the first credential that uh, community association managers typically will, will take, uh, stands for Certified Manager of Community Association. Fairly straightforward and simple, but for those of you listening at home that don't know what all the alphabet soup letters mean, uh, we wanted to spell that out for you. So uh, sorry for that uh, interlude, but we can we can jump back into it. Mike, and, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say Mike, but... Um, everyone, I probably did a terrible job of um, announcing this when it happened, but in tw- I think it was 2020, I did take and pass the M100. So Wow. I, I do agree with all of your points. Yay. So I, awesome. had, I had no idea that you did that. Oh, now, you, did you, taking, you, you took the CMCA exam as well? I did not. <laughs> oh, okay, you haven't taken the exam. No, I actually... The M100. M100. Yeah, you just did the M100. So I also did the M100, and... It was so valuable to me in my role because it helped me better understand everything that the managers do. Sure. So, and I can have more meaningful conversations. That's awesome. We deal with. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very valuable. I'd to kind of take it now to see how different it is, and, and if they, yeah, just to see if I would pass it. I know that our chapter president, Nicole Scarrow, uh, who's the president this year with uh, CEI Keystone, not only took the M100, but also took and passed the CMCA. So, uh, you know, she's, it's a little bit more rare for a business partner to have a, a manager distinction, but it's not it for a manager credential, but it's not unheard of. And it was something that she felt was important to, to further her career and further her understanding of the industry. Um, you know, and we celebrate that. We think that's a fantastic thing, uh, whether, it, whether it's a manager just getting started or whether it's a business partner who, who says, hey, this is what I do for a living. These are the people I work with every day. I want to have a better understanding of, of what they do and why they do it and how it works. And, um, and you know, to, to Anne and, and Sean's credit for, for doing the M100 as well for the very same reasons, to kind of establish those fundament, fundamentals and to understand um, all there is that, that goes into being a community manager. I think that's right. Yeah, I remember um, we were talking earlier about which one was the one that you think was, you know, like your stepping stone. And um, G- Jill and I were saying the CMCA. What I really liked about that, well, I mean, once you take your M100, then you have your M200 levels. But what was really nice is how 
specific and detailed each one of them was. So as you went ahead and took the course and passed it, then at the end you have your CMCA test. And it really was a great accomplishment. And I still have all of those booklets and yeah, I refer to them. Yeah. It's, they're, they're awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's good to have. Basics. Never lose it. What Brendan has, like I'm not really familiar with that CIRMS. Sure. So, Brendan, do you want to tell us a little bit about what goes into becoming a community insurance and risk management specialist or CIRMS for sure? Sure. No problem. Um, yeah. So it, it is sort of funny. This is a joke that I tell a lot. Some of you have maybe heard me say it before, but we always laugh when we when we say we have CIRMS because it sounds like it's a disease. <laughs> 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 disease. Yeah. Okay. It does stand for Community Insurance Risk Management Specialist. And it, it, it's a little bit more of a rare designation, I would say. I think there are only, at last count, maybe about 100, 125 nationally. Wow. There's only, I think there's only four in the state of Pennsylvania. There aren't many. Yeah, it's yeah, really. Yeah. Good for you, Brandon. <laughs> um, but, you know, that said, I think there are a lot more people that could qualify for it. And they just haven't maybe gone right. through the and maybe they think it'll be daunting or something to that effect. But, you know, it, it really uh, it really isn't that bad. If you're an active member of CAI and you have, um, you know, a certain level of expertise in doing what we do with this niche of business for community associations, uh, it, it's not that complicated designation to obtain. Um, it's just a matter of you know, going through the process initially, and then um, to maintain it, you really do have to continue to be a part of the organization, which for me, that's easy. And that's something I want anyway. Um, every few years, you have to obtain a certain number of points to maintain it and all those sorts of things. But I will tell you that there are a lot of benefits to it. Uh, it's not just a designation and name only. There is a a CIRMS message board where people all over the country bounce ideas off one another or hey, I'm having this problem or I had this issue with a claim. Um, I have this question coverage and people chime in and these people really know what they're talking about. It's a really, really good resource for everybody that does what I do. Uh, there's also conference calls frequently where we go through different events that <laughs> sort of, um, you know, at the forefront of the industry, like there were multiple, there was an entire series of conference calls just desi designated to the disaster at Surfside. Interesting to hear not only from the Florida brokers that were directly involved with that, but also other people throughout the country and just uh, different ways that that really was a challenge and resonated throughout the entire industry, like nationwide. So it was really an interesting thing, but, um, you know, and also there's, we're made aware of threatening legislation. If there's a piece of legislation going through a different state that could be a problem for community associations, we tend to find that out pretty early. And it's something that could affect our region too, New Jersey or Pennsylvania, or Delaware. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been a CIRMS probably four or five years now. Um, I'm really happy I did it. Uh, and I, I would definitely recommend it to anybody that, that is thinking about it, especially if they're going to stay in this niche and they're going to continue to be active with the Keystone chapter. In addition to the CIRMS designation, 
which is, you know, is a specialized designation for insurance professionals. CA also offers the reserve specialist and the RS designation, which is for engineers and reserve specialists. Um, and then there's the College of Community Association Lawyers, uh, which, as the name might suggest, is for, for attorneys. And, and you're right, uh, much like the, the service designation, Brendan, those are specialized and a little bit smaller in number, um, which, which I think makes them even more distinguished. But they're, they're also available. We weren't able to get a reserve specialist or a CCAL to join us today, but we did want to address those as well. Yeah, Mike, you know, I'll just add when I feel like when you have one of these designations, it's true for managers as well, that you're making a statement that you're in it for the long haul. This is a career choice for you that you're getting involved in this type of, uh, you know, when you commit to it in that way, I think that uh, you're just letting people know the people that you deal with, that this is something that I do and that I'm going to continue to do. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the newest uh, called the Educated Business Partner, the EBP. Uh, we actually just offered a course uh, for our business partner members uh, the other day, and Sean McCain uh, was kind enough to be one of our presenters, one of our teachers for that course. Uh, so not only did he get the, the certification and become an educated business partner, but now he's teaching other business partners about uh, the importance of of that credential and, and about working with community associations, with community association managers. Um, so Anne and Sean and Brendan and Maria Elena, who all have their EVP, um, if you'd like to talk a little bit about that process, what went into it and why you decided to pursue that, uh, we'd love to hear about it. I, for me, I thought it was, to me, like when you, membership's easy, right? You wanna, you join the organization, you, you, you pay your membership fee and you, and you start. And I think for me, I just started looking for a differentiator. How to just to what Brendan spoke about? How do I separate myself from the pack and what's out there to make me better? Um, I want to grow professionally and personally through the organization. I didn't join it for for a year to give out pens and pencils. So for me, it was it was obvious. Like this is the first thing I can do to really advance my my growth within the organization. And uh, once I took it it was a no brainer that I wanted to kind of share that experience. And I, I encourage every business partner I speak to, I almost feel it should be mandatory. It's that critical to me. Like why not? If you joined and you're not willing to take that step, I can't imagine what, you know, you're, what are you going to do? So right. for me, this I have was, a harder time with membership though. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> if require that. I don't expect it will ever be required, but I do think yeah. for me, it was just an obvious next step. I want to see what, manager really go through and this was the best short you know within an hour to two hour window I could learn uh, what they deal with on a daily basis. I agree with Sean um, it was a really valuable learning experience for me and I also think it also shows our commitment as uh, a business partner you know in the chapter that we are really fully committed uh, to offering our very best to everyone that we work with and in my office I'm really happy to say they really promote education and there are several members in our office that have earned that designation. Um, so I'm really proud of that. And we have someone right now working on oh, it. And um, do you and have that in your like sales literature or your marketing literature? We have started adding that because yes. we're, we're realizing now, and I even saw national promote something recently about 
you know, the importance of working with an educated business partner because they are more familiar yeah. with all the nuances and yes. you know, all the unique situations that managers deal with in managing their communities. So it's really been incredibly helpful to me. And, and like Sean, I would encourage every business partner to do it. I don't know why you wouldn't. I, I just think it, it deepens your commitment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the chapter and, and everyone that you work with. It's great. You know, it's interesting. Right now, uh, as you know, we're all in budget season, so we have to be bidding out landscaping, trash contracts, whatever. And when I present recently in one of my uh, for one of my clients, when I presented the bid tabulations, I I literally pointed out this is a business partner with CAI because you know we we have a duty to check references and make recommendations to the board. Ultimately, their decision who they pick, but. It's something really nice to be able to tell them, you know, they, they, they're part of CAI. And it's also a way of always letting your boards know how educated you as a manager are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the first thing we ask when a contractor that I'm not familiar with calls, soliciting or comes by the office is, are you a CAI member? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think, yeah, I you know, the well. next thing in the back of my mind would be, you know, the, the designations or certifications I think that's great because even though they join this, uh, sometimes they don't participate. We don't ever see them and they really don't have the understanding. So I think to your point that maybe some, you know, those business partners, if they haven't already, should be promoting that, you know, that they have those certifications. Yes. I'd love to add to after, um, after presenting the class the other day, we had, we take, we've encouraged everyone to be prepared to take the test that day. So we were able to accomplish that. Yeah. So we left that day with five new educated business partners. Oh, that's great. We had a challenge with one taking the test, but we'll overcome that. So we will have six, but I spoke to each one of them individually after, and the, the sense of pride that they had was actually, it was, it was very cool to go through the process and see that they had learned and that they were excited about adding it to their signature, which several of them did right after. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And Sean, I don't know if you know the numbers because you actually taught the class when I took it too, but um, it is an, it's an underutilized designation for sure. There really are a lot of people that uh, would clearly qualify, that should do it, um, that hopefully will see the value in it. But Sean, do you happen to know how many there are at this point? There are about 65. Yeah, and that should be double, I think. Absolutely. Well, we... Well, we saw with the class, Bob Travis was in the class and he was, oh. I mean, sit, I, I have to present to Bob Travis. So I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not intimidated at all. Right. <laughs> but he was the first one to add it to a signature. He couldn't wait. Like that's awesome. About it. Yeah. And it that's it. awesome. It was great. Maybe one of the committees can work on that next year. Maybe you could do a communication from your communication committee, do the whole thing on just business partners and have to get. Yeah. We'll tell you our BP council takes it very seriously. David Velasco. Oh, okay. Um, They do. They do push it. Uh, We we set up the uh, the business partner council uh, a number of years ago. Brendan, I think you chaired it at one point. I know Sean, you chaired it as well. Um, And and it's been, uh, it's been great for us to have that group um, to, to really work directly with the business partners about a variety of things, one of them being the, the value of education, the value of the Educated Business Partner Program. Um, you know, the value of, of, as Sean said, not just joining for a year to hand out pens and, and pads, you know, to really get involved and, and to make the most out of your membership. So 
a lot of credit to, to the, um, the Business Partners Council, uh, David Velasco this year as the chair. Um, also taught um, uh, a session on uh, branding your company and marketing your company. Um, you know, so those sort of things I think really benefit our business partners as well. And, and kudos to the Business Partners Council for all the work they're doing there. And, and uh, you know, it started small and it's gotten much bigger. And um, I think that council is just going to continue to grow and, and do great things for us. So uh, kudos to all of them. Let's talk a little bit about the PCAM. So the PCAM is the pinnacle of community association management designations. Uh, PCAM stands for Professional Community Association Manager. It sounds like PCAM, but it's not quite as delicious. Um, and Jill and, and Maria Lena, you're our two PCAMs on the call. Um, and it should be noted, we mentioned that Sean and Brendan are on the board right now. Uh, Maria Lena was also a member of our chapter board of directors. Uh, her term expired, I believe, last year. Um, and we miss her terribly, but but she did uh, some great work on our board. So I, I didn't want to let that go without being said. Um, so tell us a little bit about the process of getting the PCAM, uh, what that experience was like for you. And, um, you know, talk a little bit to our to our listeners who are community managers about going to that level, going to that PCAM um, and, and it, obtaining that particular designation. Right. You go, Jill. You got the pecan first. I think it was more of like a challenge for me. I felt like, um, I, I mean, I knew where I would be in my career and didn't feel as though it was going to, which I'm sure if I left where I am, it would help me. But it was more of a challenge for me to do it. And um, I wanted to experience what the other pecans that I knew did and just wanted to see, really just basically challenge myself to see if I could do it. But it, it was pretty scary. I mean, you go out to the community, stay there for the weekend. Well, I did anyway, not at the community, but nearby. And you meet a bunch of other people from all over the country and even some people within your uh, chapter. Uh, so you, you know, network that way, which is great. But I do say, I do now realize that it does help my career. Um, it it did and uh, probably would if I ever had to, you know, getting towards the end of my career. So I'm not thinking about moving, but I really do think that, you know, it, it helps people with, uh, with, you know, moving up and finding jobs. And, and if your board is familiar with all of that, then they realize that, you know, that they have a manager that is a PCAM, then, you know, that goes to help with contract renewals and contract pricing and all of that. Maria, you talk. You're the our newest PCAM. Well, my my process was a little bit different because of the pandemic. We had to yeah. do the uh, the course virtually, so we didn't get the benefit of the networking. We did our best through that process. I was very hesitant to do it that way, but uh, Jane Wismer encouraged me and said that it, it's a nice option. Now technology is just amazing. So we had a different set of videos and uh, interviews with the board of directors and all the consultants. So it worked out. It worked out very well. I, again, I think that uh, education is a gift that you give to yourself. It just makes you blossom from the inside <laughs> out. And, uh, and you can really make a difference. You already touch so many lives every day. And it gives you 
just more tools. Can you be my therapist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, I, can, I can certainly see why you ladies keep Maria Elena around. I'm sure there are plenty of reasons, but she's, uh, but she's calm at all times, right? She's the stabilizer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I would just want to mention as I hear that is it's great to hear, you know, a, P a current PCAM and Jane Wismer encouraging and supporting, you know, someone else to go through that same process. So really great to hear that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the, the great things about uh, membership with CAI, and I'm sure it's true of all the chapters, but but it's certainly true of CAI Keystone, is that our seasoned members, the, the ones who've been around for, for a while, are really great at encouraging the new members, or are great at encouraging other managers, business partners, uh, board members, you know, who, whoever it might be, about getting involved, staying involved, the benefit of the of education, the benefit of designation. Um, there, there's, there's not necessarily a formal formal mentoring process with the chapter, but it but it certainly exists even without there having to be a, a process in place. Um, and it and it's people like Armand on Wednesday women and then <coughs> today who, you know, they take it seriously. They're they're not in it for uh, the short term. They're in it for the long haul. They're in it to uh, improve their own personal uh, lives and their businesses certainly. Um, but but if they can lend a hand, if they can talk to another member who's just starting out and, and get them further along the line. I think that's something that um, that members of our chapter take very seriously and do extraordinarily well. I'm in it for the fame. I don't know about anybody. Oh, else. sure. <laughs> we need, She's in it for the men. She's in it for the men. We have to add something to this. She's a woman girl. Well, not the woman girl. All right, so this is uh, our favorite part of the program. Uh, it's when we turn it over to Patty Walton to give us her yeah. wine recommendation. So, Patty, what have you been drinking lately? Well, I literally just returned from a 10-day trip to Italy um, this wow. week. Uh, so I got back to work on Tuesday. And um, I was with a whole large group of people uh, for my friend that passed away. We took her ashes over and her husband's to Abruzzo. So it's a very big uh, wine drinking family, and they calculated they went through um, 120 bottles of wine just <laughs> at the villa. I'm not kidding. But um, one of my favorites actually was a Chianti. Um, it's uh, oh, now I got to try to pronounce this one. Spell N I P O Z Z A N O Nipozano Nipozano. It's a Chianti Reserve. And this one, this in particular one that I had was a 2019. It's about $20. I looked it up online. You can find it. It's not just, you know, sold in uh, Italy, but um, it was really good. So, yeah, we were drinking all reds, all red wine, a lot of from the region where we were. But uh, this particular one was really good. I heard wine was cheaper than water. Oh, I, I like to have like a soda with my lunch or something instead of wine. It was like double the amount of the, the wine. <laughs> I think I should move. Yeah, you should move. <laughs> so, so for our guests, Anne and Sean and Brendan, are, are you wine drinkers? And if so, are you are you red? Are you white? Do you blushes? What what do you prefer to drink if you drink a wine? So my I'm not a huge wine drinker, but my wife is. <clears throat> and we, re we redid our basement recently, 
and I'm looking at the plants and there's this giant part <laughs> and I look at it. She bought a wine fridge literally the size of an entire closet. Wow. There's, wow. <laughs> but, uh, I wrote that down because uh, you guys know Meg well. She will uh, she love will Meg. Yes, please get her in this bottle. Well, with all the children, I would drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that there's going to be a CEI wine tasting at the Whalen uh, residence sometime next year. Oh, there you go. How about you, Sean? Are you a wine drinker? I had a short run with some Merlots. That was kind of, you know, maybe like a two-year thing where we for some reason, it made sense, and but overall, no, I am not a wine drinker. And Anne, Anne, what's your favorite? Uh, so I prefer a Cabernet. Yeah, and uh, I really, especially like it during the warmer temps. Or I'm sorry, the, the cooler temperatures. Uh, but just really in the last year, I've started enjoying Pinot Grigio. It wouldn't normally be my go-to, but during the summer mm -hmm. when we had like, some hotter days, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. But red is typically my go-to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, as a, as a type 1 diabetic, I don't drink much alcohol, but when I do go with a wine, I really like the Malbecs, the, the Portuguese mm -hmm. wine. I do like Malbecs. Yeah. All right, so that's just about all the time we have for this episode of Wine on Wednesday. I'd like to thank our stars once again, Rosie Brophy, Maria Elena Solis, Patty Walton and Joe Geiger, and our special guest stars, Brendan Whalen, Sean McCabe, and Anne Yannarella. Thank you all so much for taking some time out of your day to join us, and uh, we hope we talk to you all again real soon. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day again to our guests. Bye-bye. That's a wrap on this episode of Wine on Wednesday. Wine on Wednesday is a production of the Keystone Chapter of Community Associations Institute. Intro and outro music is Good Mood by Arch Music. Are you interested in sponsoring Wine on Wednesday? Contact us at info at caikeystone.org. On behalf of everyone here at Wine on Wednesday and CAI Keystone, I'm Michael Shaw saying let's meet here again real soon.